Today on This Sacred Life, I'll be speaking with Ellen Meredith, author of The Language Your Body Speaks. Ellen's goal is to help you activate your own inner guidance and recognize your unique gifts and purpose. She's been in training with her inner teachers since 1978 and is is an Eden Energy Medicine Advanced Practitioner. She offers channeled readings, hands-on and online energy medicine sessions, live and videotaped classes, coaching and training, and so much more. Welcome to This Sacred Life, Ellen. Thank you, Shan. I'm really happy to be here. Before all of my interviews, I get still and light a candle and do some clearing, and then I pull a goddess card. Perfect. And the energy, today's card leapt out of the deck for you in our conversation. (laughs) Yes. And it is Hathor, receptivity. Allow yourself to receive. This will increase your intuition, energy, and ability to give to others. And I must tell you that it's absolutely the perfect card. It's always the perfect card. These cards just crack me up how they support the energy of a conversation. But I'd love to know what you think about this card popping out. I think it's perfect. I love Hathor, of course. I love all forms of the goddess, but she's a good one. And I think she's really important right now because we really are at a time of big change, you know, the end of an era and the beginning of an era. And I would characterize the era coming in as um, empowered yin, which is about receptivity, it is about taking in, it is about inner guidance versus outer guidance. So I think it's, she's perfect both for this conversation and because many of us are trying to usher in a way of living through listening, through receiving, through activating the inner guidance system as opposed to um, following external rules. More of that, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, I have enjoyed your book and it's really a fabulous resource. The language your body speaks, love the title and and the information inside. And one of the very first things that I do anytime I receive a book to review or to to set up an interview is just flip to the page, you know, like what page uh, do we need to discuss, dig deeper into during the conversation? And then I just let it sit. This time I did this three times. Uh Uh-huh on three different days and open to the same page each time. (laughs) Chapter eight, page 148, all about clearing fear, easing ego, welcoming your wiser self. And so I had to share that with you. And, and I'm not sure if it, you know, as far as if it makes sense to be, to dive right into that right now being in chapter eight of the book, but I definitely want us to go there because it, perhaps we can even walk through, you could lead us through a clearing because this fear piece is definitely, and I realize it's the conscious collective that, that also was helping me open that page over and over again. I'm happy to dig in. I mean, the book was written so that either you could read it straightforward just as a book and you know, beginning to end, or you could dip in and do book divination and find whatever speaks to you at the moment and, and not be lost if you, if you open it chapter eight. It's, right. You know, language is pretty direct and um, based in real life experience. So you don't have to build a big vocabulary to understand what I'm talking about. Sure, sure. Um, So um, I'd love to talk about um, clear fear, ease ego, welcome wiser self. That's actually an exercise that I present. I 
I give about, I think there's 35 or 36 formal, not formal exercises, but formulated exercises, as well as lots of explorations and, and things you can play with in the book. Mm -hmm. And um, I've designed it as a kind of total immersion experience in learning the language your body speaks, which is energy, and learning to really communicate with your body in, in its own language. So that's kind of the framework. And Clear Fear, Ease Ego, Welcome Wiser Self is three small exercises that I have put together for many years now. The first one, Clear Fear, involves the notion that we can't receive if we're in a state of fear. Um, so anything you want to do to get in, uh, intuition or guidance or hear your inner guidance system or just operate the car safely, whatever you want to do. <laughs> it's really nice to clear fear. So what this uses is uh, an, a little thing I call the divine hookup. And you're going to, uh, can I talk your listeners through it? You don't have yes, to. Please. Yes, please. Yes, please. You're going to take your index fingers, which are your, your first finger or pointer finger. And you're going to take the left index finger and plug it into the heart of the divine, however you see that. It could be the heart of the goddess. It could be the heart of Mother Earth. It could be, if you don't have a spiritual tradition, I imagine your listeners do, it could be just something that you hold sacred, such as plug into pure truth or pure goodness. Mm. But you're going to plug in the way you would plug a, a, some, your computer into the wall. And when you plug in something to the wall, you don't sit there and have to visualize the electricity coming in to feed your computer. It just does it. So when you plug into divine source, the energy just comes in through your index finger into your body. And then you can use your other index finger or your whole hand to deliver that energy, that, that radiant energy of, of the sacred where it needs to go in the body, mind, or spirit. But we're dealing with the body right now. So on the back of your left hand, between your baby finger and your ring finger, the, the fifth and fourth fingers, you're going to come up from the fingers, you're going to go up over the knuckle on the back of the hand. There's a little divot there. And in Chinese medicine, that's called triple warmer three. You don't need to know that. But it's a, it's a point that people use for tapping and for mm -hmm. other modalities. It's called a fear point. It's very much a meridian or an energy stream that, that, that deals with fear. So you're going to plug your right index finger into that point and then plug your left index finger into a source of divine energy. And you're just going to hold that for a little bit. We'll hold it for some seconds. This is something you can return back to. If you're driving, please don't do this exercise now. Do it later or pull over to the side of the road. And what usually happens as you hold that point for a minute or so is it releases fear. It clears fear. Then the next part is called ease ego. And the ego is like a sack of self that gets bigger and smaller as we need to protect ourselves. It's a little like the eye that, that um, you know, the, the pupil of the eye that expands or contracts with mm -hmm. light. The ego gets bigger when we're threatened and it gets smaller when we feel safe. So it's very hard to receive guidance if your ego is going, well, I don't know if I got the right answer. I don't know if I'm, you know, if I can do this. And it's really hard to receive guidance if we're going, I've got this. I've got a direct <laughs> line to, to the goddess and she'll tell me anything I want. I mean, the ego needs to be in good balance in order for us to hear clearly and not distort the message. Sure. So 
So to, to ease ego, we want to bring our heart back into balance because when the heart is balanced, usually the ego will, will balance, will follow and balance. So you're going to take your left finger again and you're going to plug into divine uh, energy again. And with your right hand, you're going to place it over your heart. This time you do have your right hand over your heart okay. and just bring that divine radiant energy to balance the energy of your heart, which brings your ego into balance. If whenever you're doing divination or any kind of soul work, spiritual work, this exercise is great to just bring a different kind of balance. You know, grounding is awesome, but in addition to grounding, you want to kind of clear the fear, ease the ego. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so you're going to hold that for a little while till you feel it like hook up or a little connection or a kind of little sigh or a deep breath. Um, or you can go a minute on the clock. If you're, if you, if you don't feel feedback, then you can, you can go by the clock. It, it's fine. And mm -hmm. you can do it more than a minute, but we're going to go to the third part, which is welcome wiser self. And I believe we each are sort of a three part person. We have a, a, um, an earth elemental self. That's your body self or your creature self. We have a talking self that's your mind or the part that makes dramas and has identity. And we have a wiser self, which is the part of us that's part of the divine or part of the collective knowing. And we want the wiser self to come in and really connect with this body. So we're going to go to a point that's the direct on the back, but directly behind the belly button. So if you go to your belly button, go straight through your body to the point on the back, you're going to just flip your hand front and back a few times to just balance the polarity. This flipping your hand back and forth anywhere on the body helps to balance plus minus signaling or polarity. And the body's energies often have a polarity. So this just balances it to it four, five, six times. You're just opening up a point on the back that, that is called Ming Men point in Chinese medicine. You don't need to know that. It is the doorway to a very deep energy flow that takes things deep, deep, deep into our being. So you're going to imagine your wiser self is coming behind you, invite her or him behind you to come up and just maybe place her hands on your shoulders. And then from her second chakra, which is halfway between the belly button and the pubic, you're going to imagine a little hookup, a little like a tube that comes and hooks her second chakra to this Ming Men point. And it's just like a, it's like another umbilical cord. It's, it's, it's from wiser self to you, feeding you, nourishing you the way your umbilical cord did when you were in the womb. So you're just hooking up this umbilical cord and then feel your wiser self. Just, she's got your back, lean into her a little bit. And if you want, you can even invite your wiser self to step forward and meld with you, to become one with you, to surround you kind of like a big old fake fur coat or something that just, <laughs> just sort of surrounds you and becomes one with you. This is always the best way to do self-healing, to do um, exploration, spiritual exploration, to, to ask for guidance. When you are one with and encased with in or, or at least in contact with your wiser self, the wisdom's right there. You don't have to strain for it. It's part of you and you're part of it. So that's, that's what that exercise is about. And um, well, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's really, really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. You're so welcome. Thank you for finding it three times. <laughs> Isn't that something? 
It's just, okay, well, we're talking about this today. This is, uh, apparently, this is important today. <laughs> right, right. I think it's important in part because the whole message of the book is that we, we have this body. We have, it has an internal guidance system. It even has a built-in user's manual. And most of us go through life and we can't find the user's manual and we can't hear the internal guidance. And we, we miss the, the constant communication that body, mind, and spirit are having within us. Mm -hmm. We look to external sources to inform us about what's true and what do I need to do? Where do I need to go? How do I find fulfillment? But fulfillment by its nature is kind of more of an inner task. Sure. And so that exercise goes with a lot of the different exercises and activities I have in the book of how to investigate this cool instrument we each have. Yes. And sometimes we don't think it's that cool. If you're, if you're sick, you might be thinking nasty thoughts about your body. And yet it, it is a vital dialogue that you can cultivate that is the key to all wellness, not just healing what's wrong, but cultivating what what this instrument needs in order to play the music of your soul. That's so beautiful. And I, I just think about the number of years that I kicked my body to the curb. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm just incredibly grateful that it's been, it's been a long time ago now. And certainly I continue to find ways to be sweeter with my body and to build a relationship uh, with, with every cell of my body mind and spirit, but the body part, man, for the longest time, it just was wow. like, I'm just going to basically beat the hell out of you while I climb the corporate ladder and overeat right. and drink and whatever, and so on and so forth and not move. And, <laughs> and, then, and then one day I found yoga and found my breath and yeah. it saved my life for real, without question. Yeah. And ever since it's really building this dialogue and how do we learn to create this energy dialogue that, that you say is at the heart of successful energy medicine? What language does our body speak? Well, that's a great question, which is why I wrote the book. Because I think there's a lot of um, myths out there about, about the language of energy. And it, it, it's sort of presented as something you need a special gift to perceive. You have to be psychic. You, you have to go way outside the pale of, of our society, which many of us are willing to do, but that it's something way out there. It's not. It's the language your body speaks. First of all, it's rooted in our senses. You, you know, we have vision. We can see things. Most of us who have working eyes can see things. We also have inner vision. If, you say, if I say shut your eyes and picture your mother or your best friend, most of us can do that. Some mm -hmm. of us more vividly than others, but we have that inner sight. Same with hearing. Think of a song you used to love. Even without singing it out loud, you, can, you have the inner hearing and you have the outer hearing of someone playing the song. And then it's the same with touch. You can imagine yourself being touched or you can literally feel. That's the baseline of this energy. It comes through the senses and an extension of the senses. There's things like direct knowing or noticing when a pattern shifts. These are things that we do just intuitively as creatures. So we're always using the language of energy. It's, it's our mother tongue. It's our first language. But as we get socialized in our society, we, we go more intellectual. We start to go mm. verbal. We interpret it with words and with, with um, thought forms. 
And we lose touch with this very direct language. It's very multidimensional. It includes rhythm and sound and movement and gesture and touch and feelings and smells and sounds. You know, it, it's like the most multidimensional language you could imagine. That's what the body speaks and how we can communicate with it. And when we don't listen, our body gets louder sometimes to get our attention. You've got it. And the <laughs> body speaks constantly through little sensations, through inclinations. I feel like doing this or I don't feel like doing that. Through, through sensations, through, through pain, uh, actual symptoms. And each time we miss that communication, it gets louder and louder and louder until it does start to wear down the instrument and cause actual illness. It snowballs into illness or chronic illness or disease. And that's not desirable to have your body have to shout to you to get attention. No. And it's really that simple, those, that still quiet voice within, if we can just learn to hear it moment by moment, it's much more pleasant. Right, right. And you talk about uh, the gatekeepers that, that or the gatekeeper that we have and, yes. and how we can learn to partner with our gatekeeper for self-care. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Well, in essence, the gatekeeper is the name I give to the immune system. It, it keeps the gates of self. It says, this is me. This is not me. This can come in. This has to stay out. This is part of my identity. This doesn't, it shouldn't influence me. And it's not just the physical immune system. It's the emotional immune system, the energetic, and the spiritual immune system. So gatekeeper is a mechanism built into us to keep us in form. We have sort of these two forces. We have a radiance of spirit, which, which fuels us. And then we have the form maker or the form keeper. That's, that's your gatekeeper. And its job is to keep you in your body and keep your body safe. It doesn't really care if, it's your, if you're that happy. It's, it's really about survival and safety. And so, um, so when we're working with our gatekeeper, we have to befriend it because it can take, go away, can run away with the ship. And I, I know most of your listeners will have had an experience where they're doing fine and then suddenly they're in fight or flight reactivity and freaking out and can't think straight and their body's running stress hormones. That's your gatekeeper getting triggered and taking off. And if we don't know how to both calm those, those reactivity moments or those, those self-protective moments and then communicate and evolve the gatekeeper to handle the situations we're choosing to encounter, then we're at the mercy of this sort of burglar alarm that, sure. that goes off in us without much control. Well, and what's, what I find interesting about that and, and through the experience that I've had in, over these last few months is a number of the, the people in my circle, both virtually and in, in person, were talking about how their bodies felt like they were going to get hijacked by coronavirus. Not, not necessarily that they had the virus, but as soon as the symptoms were being shared, as, yes. as people were talking about all the stuff, you know, all the things, yeah. and how many, and myself included, had things pop up in our bodies. Right. And I know to ask, is that mine? And to understand that the conscious collective can affect you in a way where you think you might be having 
these symptoms. They feel very, very real, but they still might not be yours. And, and so yeah. I got to imagine that having this relationship with a gatekeeper and understanding how to best care for yourself will help you to a degree from getting hijacked or when you do, you know what to do. Right, right. And part of what to do is come back to the moment and investigate, dig, dive into it. it just see what it is saying to you and maybe talk to it a little bit. So for example, say you're starting to feel a little dry cough, you know, mm -hmm. one of the lists, right? You can put your fingers on your throat and you can see what colors want to stream out of your fingers into your throat. What, what does your throat need right now in terms of color therapy and what can stream out of those fingers? And is there a movement that wants to come out? Do, do you want to be kind of, mine is just starting to figure eight as I'm talking about it. It's just figurating left to right across my throat. And then it wants to be still. It wants to be really still all of a sudden. And I think maybe it wants like a, a note. If I were to sing a single note that my throat wants right now, what would that be? And as I explore and experiment using these different aspects of the language of energy, my throat lets go of whatever it was picking up and it either dissolves because it's not mine or the part of it that is mine starts to communicate and let me know that, oh, I haven't really activated my voice yet today. Not really. You know, mm. I've been talking, mm. but I haven't sung my true note. And in the book, I talk about how to find your core note, which is the note that, that corresponds to the, the deepest energy grid within you. And so maybe if I sing that note for a while, it dissolves everything that isn't mine very quickly. So that's the kind of way you can work with it. And absolutely, you know, there's the actual virus and then there's the pandemic, which we all share whether or not we have the virus and all the thought forms and the news and the fear that is other people's fear and the fear that might be our fear. And everybody's bodies have weird viruses and illnesses in them that they ignore because your gatekeeper doesn't take on everything that passes through. There's 10 times more organisms in and around our body than there are cells in our body. And yet somehow this gatekeeper knows this is me, this is not me. Right. I don't have to go with what the swarm of bacteria is saying because my truth is this here. Right. And so part of the best healing is to keep cultivating and affirming your truth and, and not just in abstract terms, but in the moment. And if your truth is, I need a little bit of rest right now, you don't go into this, I don't have time to rest. Oh no, I'll never stop. It's like, okay, how about a, a minute of rest? You know, just to see if a minute of rest is medicine that your body can use and needs. And in the next minute, maybe it needs something else energetically. When we get into this ongoing dialogue, it can be very subtle and easy. It's not a big commitment, like all those programs that tell you, you know, here's the 10 steps to wellness. And by the time you do them, you know, your day is over and you're exhausted. I don't believe people stick with those, even if they're very good tools for wellness. So sure. I really believe that at the root of, of wellness is constructing wellness at every moment. Just mm -hmm. say, what in this moment makes me feel well or better or connected or home or heard or, or in a good place. Right. It makes me think about one of the early questions that when I was just starting to, to become a mom and my daughter was in that place of just learning to communicate. And yeah. so was I. And 
through Montessori, it was always the question, how do you feel and what do you need to get yeah. right, you know, to really reach these young ones and, and then to realize what a beautiful thing to ask yourself. All the time. <laughs> how do you yeah. feel and what do you need? I've become a woman who, if my body tells me that I need to rest, I don't even question it anymore. There's no, no more of that push, push it yeah. aside, push it aside, because I learned that pushing things aside didn't serve me well on, on any level right. whatsoever. So in my case, I will sometimes go overboard with the worry. What is yeah. this? What is this? What is this? And by asking what is this and really getting hyper-focused on something, it speaks to me even louder and then if I distract myself or if I step away from it, show myself some love and say, hey, you know, honey, this, this too shall pass. Let's just, just step away from this. Let's not make it such a, a big friggin' deal right now. Oftentimes, it'll just disappear. And yeah. other times it'll say, you know what, this, this is something or you need a bath or uh -huh. you, you need a massage or uh -huh. this is coming because you're on the computer too much or, you know, whatever the answer is. Right. But not to let yourself fall down the rabbit hole of, of these what ifs that can cause that fear. And then if you're in that fear place, you can't let in the healing, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, our power is, you know, this sounds like a cliche, but it's not. The power is in the now. If I want to play my body like an instrument, I can't play tomorrow's music on it and today's music. I can only play the song I'm playing. And we really are in a culture that says we should be multitasking. We should be thinking about the future and the past and here and there. And yet the mind is capable of doing that. And sometimes it's nice to lie down and let the mind travel all over the timeline and, you know, past, present, future, wherever it wants to go. But at some point we have to invite the mind back into the instrument of the body. And, you know, you mentioned your parenting and in the book, I really talk about developing your ability to speak the, or remembering your ability to, to use the language of energy by looking at how infants develop language and how we construct meaning as young children by interacting with our world in a very sensory motor way. You know, we explore, we touch and we taste and we hit and we push and, and we, you know, we listen to things. And that's how we develop our relationship to meaning itself and we develop our core vocabulary of what things are. What's good for infants is usually what's best for self-healing. I, if I handed you an infant, you wouldn't start right in with, whoa, your thighs are too fat and you should get a different <laughs> haircut. And besides, you know, who, who do you think you are? And you shouldn't try this. I mean, who would do that to an infant? Right. And yet most of us do it to our bodies pretty much if not all day, every day, you know, until we've unlearned that habit of constant comparison and criticism and projecting of who and what we think we are or should be, which our society does to children all the time. If we can't unlearn that, then it becomes a chorus that creates constant stress and triggers the gatekeeper and triggers symptoms and activates the immune system. And when the immune system is activated, it goes into protection mode mm -hmm. and it can't heal. Tissue heals when we're not in reactivity. You know, it's like in Star Trek when they were protecting the shields against the Klingons, the Klingons, <laughs> I mean, they were protecting the shields. 
at that time, the replicators were turned off and the, the life, life support systems were on brownout. Nothing was functioning very well because all the energy was going to the shields. And that happens to us if all our energy is going into our defensiveness, our, our gatekeeper, our immune system, then the forces in the body that heal tissue, that repair circuitry, that, that call in resources, that metabolize food to get the nourishment out of it, they go on brownout. They don't work very well. Right. So, so when you're looking at a chronic illness that, oh, my digestion doesn't work well, or I've got arthritis, I mean, even named illnesses, there's an energy process that you can find within it that is very obvious when you look at saying, oh yeah, I take in more than I let out. I, I can't release things, but I can take things in. Or, oh yeah, I, um, I freeze up a lot. I don't flow. Or I'm in so much reactivity that I'm rarely calm. And those things that we can easily say about ourselves or others can say about us are the keys to how to use energy differently right. so that the body can heal. Oh, I just am enjoying our conversation so much. What role does touch play in self-healing? Okay. Well, in our culture, touch has been really um, distorted. It's, it's been sexualized. It's been turned into something that is kind of considered creepy if you just even touch, you know, like if an adult touches a child, there's this question mark of, was that, was that okay? Right. And because, and, and, and when we're children and we're in school, we're lined up in desks and we're told we're not allowed to touch ourselves, which, you know, that makes some sense. But when you're on your own in the privacy of your own room, and you're young, it's natural to explore this instrument, to really use touch. It's, it's the first way we learn to speak. Our hands speak energy very fluently. And if I have a headache and I don't even know enough to try putting my hand on my head or on my neck or even to squeeze and massage my feet to see if that helps the headache, if I just reach for the pill, I've learned somewhere that I can't use touch to respond to a body that's communicating. And so, you know, in my book, I have, I start with touch as one of the core um, parts of the vocabulary of the language of energy in learning to just bring either a physical touch to the body or a gesture that speaks to you. So, you know, for example, if, if you feel like you say to yourself, I've lost hope, I'm feeling really hopeless right now. How would you touch an infant to help give them courage or bring them hope? How would you want to touch yourself? You know, it might be, you know, for me, I'm just immediately putting one hand on my heart and one hand back on that Mingmen point again that I talked about. For some reason, that's where my hands want to go. Mine, hands- mine go to a place where I, where I cross my arms and grab my shoulders and give myself a hug. There we go. And each of us has a very individualized vocabulary of energy that we can speak with ourselves. And and so the book is a kind of total immersion experience is learning to develop your own personalized vocabulary. You can't read it in a book. You can't say, you can't get one of those books that say, well, if you touch yourself this way, it means this. And you touch yourself that way, it means that. Because you can't count on the the, the fact that your body's read the book. So, <laughs> right. It may not right. know that vocabulary in that way. Your body is the book and yeah. learning to read it 
through all the ways we bring information in and touch is one of, is is you know that's the first thing is you know as a parent of children young children yeah everything goes right into the mouth or they touch it with their hands or they sure. touch it with their face you know the skin is the largest sense organ and and so it is one of the ways we bring uh, information energetic information in most readily except we've been taught not to use it and then of course there's sound healing which yeah. is so powerful. Absolutely. And, you know, we all know the effects of putting on a piece of music and how it can shift our mood, both in a positive and negative way. I mean, if you're at the stoplight and someone comes up with a pounding, you know, very loud piece of rap with angry words in it that you, you, know, you can't even hear the words, but you know they're angry words, you end up less relaxed at the end of that traffic stop. And if someone comes up next to you and they're playing something that's a real joyful tune, you end up a little happier at the end of your traffic stop. Mm -hmm. And so we can use sound consciously in that way. And most of us are taught to be very embarrassed by sound. I mean, you know, when, when I ask a client, you know, can you sing a scale? It doesn't have to be pretty. Can you just sing one up and down? Most of them are too embarrassed to do it. We've been so told, you know, shut up, don't, don't make right. noise, don't sing, you know, unless you're a good singer, in which case, then sometimes you're not even listening, you know, sort of listening to how you sound rather than feeling how it feels to sing. I'm so, known to break out in song at any moment. So it's it, so it, it could even happen here today. You just don't know. You go for it. I love it. I love it. Just think about how embarrassed, how embarrassed you would be or we would be if we go to the doctor and say, doctor, you know, I've got a migraine. And the doctor says, oh, here, I'm going to just rub your shoulders a little bit. And then I'm going to hold your head. I'm going to kiss your forehead on your third eye. And then I'm going to straight stroke my hands down your back and bring the energy all the way to the floor. I mean, you'd be freaking out going, oh my God, this person's kind of creepy. <laughs> what kind of society do we live in that we cut off vital communication and then wonder why we can't heal? Oh my gosh, I've enjoyed our time together today so much. And I'm really, really grateful that you wrote The Language the Body Speaks. This is going to be a, a book of mine that, that I visit quite often, which you can't say that about every book that you, that you pick up and read. And I read a lot. And this one is just, uh, it's a masterpiece. As, as Donna Eden said, it's masterful. Thank you so much. I, I loved writing this book because I felt like everybody deserves to have the user's manual to their own being, to their own essence. And I just thought, we just need to get beneath all the jargon and all the modalities and all the rules to say, well, how does this thing really work? You know, what's, what's the language there? So it was fun to write. And I hope, I hope some of your readers will pick it up and enjoy it and, and get something from it. I'm sure they will. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with today, Ellen? Well, two things. I just want to mention that I have a website, if that's okay, ellenmeredith.com, and that's E-L-L-E-N-M-E-R-E-D-I-T-A.com. And the other thing I want to mention is because we're in an era of pandemic and many of us are dealing with that whole um, energy form. I have posted on my YouTube channel, I think they call it, yes. um, an eight video free class on energy medicine self-help tools for enhanced immunity. 
So it's full, chock full of exercises. Some of them are in the book, some of them are not, but showing you what you can do to make a difference in your own well-being to make sure that your body doesn't want to sign on for this virus drama and, and pick it up. But I've also heard from someone who did have COVID-19 and she, she, picked, she saw the videos right at, as she was starting to get up from her bed. She did them and within a week she said she was back to normal and even better, that her energies really reinstated quickly using the exercises. So I feel pretty confident that it's a good toolkit for people right sure. now. It's just out there for you. Oh, that's fantastic and, and so very generous. Well, I used my stimulus check, so. There you go. <laughs> well, again, Ellen, thank you for your time. I'm so glad that you made time to come and visit us on This Sacred Life. For all of our listeners, all of the links will be within the show notes so that you can get those videos, you can get Ellen's newsletter, you can get a copy of her book. Everything that you need will be available there. Shan, it's wonderful. I love the work you're doing. I love the name of your program, The Sacred Life. So I was so happy to get to, to speak with you today. Likewise, you are a treasure. Thank you so much, Ellen. Well, thank you. Take care and be well. That was Ellen Meredith. You can get her new book, The Language Your Body Speaks, wherever books are sold and visit her website at ellenmeredith.com and be sure to join her email list She's got free downloads, amazing videos that will support you on YouTube. This woman shines. 